0: This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Welcome to this February 13th edition of Real Talk. Ryan Jesperson, John Hicks in the house on this Monday morning, the morning after, of course, The Super Bowl The big game The big game We'll be talking Super Bowl (laughs) Through the show today Uh, Gonna check in with Charles Adler In about a half an hour's time Uh, But how cool is it to welcome to the show right now a world record holder? As a matter of fact, he holds several world records, two of them set uh, just over the past few days. They call him the Ice Weasel. It's Wes Bauman joining us in studio on the heels of an amazing fundraiser, a rooftop camp out uh, on top of Fire Hall Number 2 in Edmonton. It's nice to have you here in studio, pal. Thanks for making time for us.
1: Well, you're very welcome. It's it's an honor and privilege to be here on my favorite podcast talking about some of my favorite things so
0: oh man well, well listen we, we've got uh, sort of a, a plan and no plan for this conversation because you're the type of fella that when you get a chance to sit down and just pick your brain you're going to learn a lot there's going to be a lot of cool stuff going on and and uh and and i think that you're going to enlighten a lot of people with regards to your approach to to uh health and wellness and you have achieved this through Ice Bathing mm-hmm. or Cold Water Plunges, uh, and that's the context of two of your world records. Why don't, why don't you let the audience know the, specifically the two records that you set up on the roof just this week?
1: Yeah, well, um, so the background is that I've previously done the long ice bath world record. We did 220 and 245. And the idea was kind of not shooting ourselves to the same barrel again. You're talking
0: it. two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Pre- yeah.
1: Previously, the, the previous uh, rooftop camp, but we did 220 in 2020. Um, those numbers, I think we picked serendipitously because they were similar. And then we had to take a, a a year off of the rooftop. And so we did the world record in my friend Courtney Polson's Man cave, and we did two hours and forty-five, and then attached that to a fifty-fifty to raise funds uh, for the lack of funds coming in at the rooftop that we weren't able to have in two thousand and twenty-one. Um, and as far as this one coming up, we wanted to do something a little bit different and sort of demonstrate demonstrate the mindset more so than just the caveman endurance that that goes into one of these two-hour ice baths, and. Um, When we're in the cold, a big part of it is you're triggering plasticity, right? So I think uh, folks that are kind of stuck in a cyclical mindset of uh, maybe anxiety or guilt or grief of some sort, the ability to, to plunge yourself into the cold and gain control and then reset that cycle is kind of what I'm trying to illustrate in a lot of ways. So we decided we could do a mental feat while doing a half an hour ice bath and the first challenge was Rubik's Cubes, which I just learned about a month before the actual challenge itself. So if you watch some of the Rubik's Cube tournaments or records, some people can do it in less than 10 seconds. So I worked my way down to about five minutes, but...
0: Which is amazing!
1: (laughs) Not bad, yeah, not bad for a newbie. And um, I think the challenge itself is niche to me, being that the ice bath itself makes the task of doing Rubik's Cubes harder, and then the task itself... Self makes the uh, challenge of the ice and, and lasting longer in it a challenge as well. And then so that was the day one challenge. And then the second challenge was to memorize a deck of cards and then recite it from front to back. And then once again, from back to front all while enduring that the 30-minute ice bath
0: it's really incredible people can check out your instagram uh at ice underscore weasel underscore wesley with a z ice weasel wesley and we'll have that in the show notes for the podcast and youtube if anybody wants to check it out um did you how long did it take you like to get into a headspace you've been doing this stuff these cold plunges for years you've 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 uh you've hung out with and learned from the ice man himself from wim Hof, and we can talk about him i mean he's obviously a legend mm-hmm. uh when it comes to the, you know sort of the, this this discipline or this practice but how long did it take you to be able to to uh develop the ability to to get into a mental headspace where you're ignoring the obvious physical discomfort and then you're able to focus on something like memorizing a deck of cards or completing five Rubik's cubes in 30 minutes or less.
1: Yeah. It's a slow and steady gradual adaptation over the years, I would say, to get to the word. the place that I'm at now. Um, the first time I probably realized the power of the cold and the ability for it to be used as a tool for changing and and harnessing the power of the mindset would have been the first time I probably jumped in while I was in a distressed state, uh, while I was struggling with some mental health battles from work. And that would have been the better part of a decade ago. And uh, that was sort of just intuitively um, me being led in there by by the voices, (laughs) listening to my body and just being frustrated and being up at the lake. And knowing that I've always had a proclivity to jumping in the lake and enjoying my time in there. And it just happened to be fall when I was there and, and having a lot of anxieties and, and struggles. And, and so I, as I said, I just jumped in and I didn't last very long at all. I probably went in for maybe about 30 seconds and it was when I came out and it was still chilly. I realized how much control that shock gave me over my body. And then I could stay in my shorts. And I'd say from there, it's been a daily practice where, um, I've just gotten stronger at it and believed in it even more, and I stuck with that for about a year until a good friend of mine, Darrell Beaton, mentioned a book, What Doesn't Kill Us, by an author named Scott Carney, who was writing the book about Wim Hof, as you mentioned, who had been doing what I'd been doing intuitively as well for quite some time, but uh, took his skill set of record-breaking into a laboratory setting, and it was from there that I dipped into the science uh, and really... It really reaffirmed my practice and enabled me to start explaining to other people around me what I was doing and why yeah. I was
0: doing it. Because this isn't, like we said this to you earlier when we were chatting off cameras, um, this isn't a publicity stunt. Uh, you don't you do not do this to just wow people or you, you're not doing it to be funny or to, to drop. I mean, obviously it draws a great deal of attention to a cause yeah. and it's been wonderful and you've leveraged it to raise tens of thousands. I mean, just $80,000 just this time alone. Yeah. Uh, so, so you're well into the six figures and contributing here. Um, but but it's obviously much deeper than that. You, there's nothing different about your physiological makeup than mine or anybody else that listens, right? It's not that your skin feels the cold less or that you're less sensitive. Like, can you explain to us when you? I mean, when you're breaking through the ice in some circumstances, or when you're submerging yourself into an ice bath for for two and a half hours or or, or thirty minutes at a time, achieving these things. Like, can you explain to us what's happening? physically to you how, how would you put it into words i would imagine that it must be horrible
1: yeah it, it is at first um i would describe it as uh, more of an awakening than more than a conditioning practice okay if anything like you mentioned it's something that we all have and the gist of it is we're, we're emulating the environment that our ancestors evolved in and uh, a lot of the stresses that come with ancestral uh, stresses, I, I would say, versus what we deal with today, is they come with the whole host of superhuman side effects, or what seems superhuman compared to what a lot of us live like day to day with uh, uh, the comfort zone behavior that we're we're so bombarded with. And um, so, for example, by going to the cold and being exposed to it more so than we normally would in everyday life, with it comes an increase of dopamine by about 250 to 300%, as well as a, a decline of inflammation down to a fraction of what the average person has. A lot of times when somebody gets sick or injured, the most negative part is that scorched earth policy that the immune system goes into. Uh, when it's reacting to a virus or something that's in it. We don't necessarily need to get as sick as we feel in order for us to defeat that pathogen that's invaded our body. And it makes sense evolutionary as well, because if somebody did get ill in the time of... uh, foraging and, and a man being or a woman being out hunting and gathering when life is on the line, uh, a virus like that and getting sick for a week, it, it wouldn't be able for them to, they wouldn't be able to survive that scenario and go on and procreate and get the human race where it is to this day, right? Um, as well as uh, putting myself into heat, uh, sauna conditions and so again, emulating a, a hot summer's day without air conditioning comes a uh, release of uh, a heat shock protein protein called dynorphin, which bonds onto our opiate receptors. And it's a cousin of the endorphin um, in that when it bonds to that opiate receptor, rather than causing pleasure, it causes... Um, distress or a feeling of claustrophobia and while it's doing that it's resensitizing that opiate receptor and enabling you to feel more pleasure the next time you do something more pleasurable which is a big part of the mood boosting effects that come with these um environmental hardening tactics that i've been such a big advocate over the years uh as you environmental
0: hardening
1: yeah that's what i like to call it yeah Uh, yeah
0: now do we do we have to point out that this isn't for everybody Like i would imagine that there are probably things that could like things could go horribly wrong yeah uh like number one the obvious ones like if you're breaking through ice on rivers i mean like let's let's say that just so real talk's off the hook from a from a liability standpoint that you got to do safe things that you got to be safely uh you know in a a safe circumstance have proper supervision those types of things but what about physiologically could you could you get into trouble doing something like this did did you have to have, have you ever had a sketchy situation
1: um personally i've been very lucky um and i've never encountered any um any scary scenarios or anything like that but you're you're very correct This, this is a very powerful practice the heat and the cold and the breath work that you use before you go into it all of it triggers a very very strong physiological response um i'd say this is a practice meant to be supplemented with western medicine you know what i mean like don't go off the grid and think you don't need a doctor anymore. So
0: the, when you're talking mental health, for example.
1: Yeah, like like have a rapport with your doctor, with your mental health practitioner. Yeah. Um, explain some of the science behind it. Like, as I mentioned, that dopamine Uh, response, the increase of it, the resensitizing of your opiate receptors from some of these practices. Uh, Another thing that I would mention is it's a lot of times it's not so much about shocking as it is about stimulating. And I tell people that you don't need ice water. You can trigger this physiological response just by um, taking a 15 degree Celsius cold plunge. Jumping in a lake is enough to really wake yourself up and give you that alertness and start regulating some of the anti-inflammatory effects that I mentioned earlier, um, as well as with the heat shock, you don't have to push yourself to the limit yeah. so much as well. So I would say keeping that in mind, it, the big part of it is just getting outside in a cool day like today, maybe not chucking on a winter coat, but just being mindful of your extremities, putting on gloves, and you really rev your body up, right, and your nervous system, and that's the beauty of it. I think that's what you, you want to run the machine that your body is in the environment that it was built to be run in. Yeah. Is how I would describe it.
0: It was uh, it was neat to talk to, uh, you mentioned Courtney Polson and he was on the show uh, several days ago as you yeah. guys were kicking off the camp out, the rooftop camp out. And, and by the way, I want to give a huge shout out to the Real Talk audience members that contributed to help you all Hit your goal, and I love this time lapse video. If you're if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it. Uh, this is you guys up on the roof. I'm I'm assuming right when you hit your eighty thousand dollar, you hit your eighty thousand dollar goal, which is awesome. And 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 it was so great to see, and I'm and I'm grateful that it, that it worked out and you were able to hit your goal. They were letting us know that people could come by Fire Hall Number Two and watch you attempt to break these records, but they said that we got to let the fire hall know ahead of time. They got to let you know ahead of time because you don't just go and jump in the ice. Mm-hmm. There's a whole process, right, where you prepare for this mentally, physically, and otherwise. Yeah. Uh, is, is it too personal of a question, or, or can you give us some insight into what your preparation looks like before you attempt, uh, not just to do this in your everyday life. I mean, this is a regular practice for you, but also when you're setting a record, uh, like the two of the world records that you set this weekend.
1: Yeah. Uh, so for, uh, you know, a record like that where I'm going to be immersed for half an hour and need to manifest a lot of my concentration as well, I I'll, I'll like to take about a half an hour to about an hour of meditative breath work is what I call it. I know a lot of people decipher breath work from meditation. They separate the two. But for me, they go hand in hand. And I, I think, you know, you, you can't have one without the other A practice of both mindfulness and breath work. So uh, what I'll do is I'll start stimulating my nervous system by breathing deep into my belly and opening up the lower part of my lungs and then just kind of relaxing and letting go kind of like that and then just slowly letting it go and then building myself up and then I get to a point where I'm very, very stimulated uh, sympathetically and then I take that. Uh, build up of energy and then I I go into a very deep parasympathetic state and I empty my lungs and I lower my breathing I lower my heart rate and at that point I sort of set the intention
0: and it's like nobody's talking to you it's like a goalie before the big game right like no one's talking to you
1: yeah I'm all by myself for the most part if if that we can accommodate that which fortunately we have in the past yeah and uh, so like I said I'll rev up and down I'll do that for about five or ten minutes and then from there i've got a couple of yoga practices they're called the five tibetan rites they go back to uh tibetan tumo meditation which is thousand years old and it goes hand in hand with these these breath works and environmental hardening techniques that i mentioned before a great way to get the blood flowing to the extremities which is i'm definitely going to need while i'm in there so that's a big part of it as well um i focus on Gratitude. Uh, I'm grateful that I've worked myself up to a position where I can go out and demonstrate this skill set for people that I love that need it, uh, these families with muscular dystrophy. And um, that gratitude also falls into compassion, which are two of the strongest emotions that I like to focus on, especially, as I mentioned, um, using these these techniques for plasticity. Those are the two emotions I build on on a daily basis as well. It's it's a practice as well as it is to get into the cold and adapt to it. Uh, compassion and gratitude for me is is a
0: daily practice as well. I love I man I could listen to you talk all day. Our our live chat right now you're blowing people's minds and they're referencing their own you know people are talking about how this has been I think a cultural thing in Finland. Mm-hmm. Uh Sharon says Finns have been doing it forever um which is uh kind of cool and and a bunch of people you know have you know Dwayne, for example makes the observation here he says here's this fireman here he says this guy basically goes to extremes from dealing with intense heat as a firefighter and then you've also described that the heating you know practice that you have the, and then of course the extreme cold with the ice baths yeah. one of the cool things about this as well is that such as you um in a sense did you feel like this practice not that you need it necessarily but that it was endorsed almost in the sense that uh, haven't you been been doing like health and wellness clinics for for some of your colleagues this is this is a practice that strikes me as becoming more and more accepted and even looked to in the realm of mental health or, or overall holistic health
1: yeah yeah i'm very excited um our efd health and wellness team recently reached out to me um, a gentleman that i worked with a while back who was having some inflammatory issues and of course i started spouting off as i tend to do with these practices And he took some of them to heart and used them himself. And uh, Blair Truk, uh, now he's a member and and running the health and wellness program and just recently reached out to me and said, hey, let's do this. Let's bring this to the floor and get these guys using these practices because they work so well. And so I think it was about a week ago or the first first of this month, February 1st, we put on our first uh, environmental hardening and meditative breath work. Workshop for firefighters by firefighters or yeah. city employees. We had dispatchers there as well. and um,
0: Dispatchers hear a lot. Yes, they sure Ugh. do.
1: They sure do. And it went splendidly. You know, I know these practices, they blow people away. They sell themselves and it's pretty hard to mess them up. But even with that all in mind, just um, the response and testimonials from everybody that took part and my observation, um, I couldn't be happier on how well it went and I'm very excited to be partaking and um, doing my part to, to bring these practices to as many of my peers as I possibly can because they certainly need it. Yeah.
0: How long have you been a firefighter?
1: 15 years and now.
0: How would, you, how would you care? Has 15 years been like a lifetime in the, in the context of how um, the, the approach to mental health and wellness has has evolved like yeah from from sort of i don't want to pretend like i know because i don't know but i love a lot of firefighters there's a lot of firefighters in my life some of my closest friends and and um when you can get a guy or gal in the fire department to actually speak to open up yeah uh you understand the importance of talking about things and focusing on mental health but that wasn't always the case right
1: no no and even a big eye-opener, we were talking about football a little bit earlier, uh, that gentleman that had the cardiac episode and went down. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it was an eye-opener for me, especially with this workshop just coming up, um, just seeing the trauma that the players, um, the commentators, the arena and the entire continent yeah. was exposed to and how strongly their reactions were. And at the same time, seeing the, the ladies and gentlemen that rushed in and saved that, that young man and gave him an opportunity to live on but yeah. they they don't react the same way they they go back and they hit uh available and then they try to eat maybe their lunch and then they get interrupted halfway through it and then they do it again
0: and then they're on another call and then another call and another, and then another call yeah so and it could be and i, I want to say things that are gonna be harsh and, and and but 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 it could be a an infant that's died in the crib it could be a suicide it could be a horrific car accident it could be right i mean like horrible horrible things back to back to back
1: yeah and it's not always a happy ending right so we're holding on to a lot of these traumas and these are very very strong impressive human beings so much so like i've said i think they're the ones that should be signing autographs yeah but um
0: I hope it's okay. I said all that stuff. No,
1: no, it's, it's, no, it's, it's, uh, of course, not at all. And it's the truth. So why, why hope it is back. the truth? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so I know to remain empathetic and not start cutting off these emotions that you're feeling, you need to be strong. And I think the strongest way to harness those emotions and use them as a tool when you're in those scenarios is to expose yourself to, very strong, powerful stresses like the cold that, that, uh, don't only give you the resilience you need to apply yourself in those scenarios. But as I said, they build you up with those superhuman side effects that come with it. Hmm. So that for me, like I, 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 don't see a more appropriate place for these practices to be taught and harnessed, but more so than amongst my fears and uh, my peers yeah. as we're doing so right now. So it's been a passion project. Um, I love this charity and an opportunity to demonstrate these skills, but also to show my peers what we're capable of and and having them out and enthusiastic about learning what I've been so passionate about for the longest time now. Well,
0: for as long as I've known you yeah, and uh, and it's been really neat and, and, and to see sort of your evolution, not only in your personal practice. But also in other people recognizing um, you've had a a huge influence on many people who, quite frankly, were desperate for help with their mental health, though they were not presenting that way publicly. And it's been phenomenal to see in some circumstances this life saving discipline. And uh, and I'm just thrilled that you've been able to apply it in a fundraising context. I think it's amazing that you're 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 bringing this this uh i keep calling it a discipline that's what it feels like it almost feels like a I'm, I'm hesitating from using the word religion but it's like what's another word for it it's like something that's core to your being
1: yeah i think discipline's good right yeah because you know you can be motivated to go jump in an ice bath but you're not going to be motivated every morning to take that cold plunge so yeah it takes discipline to keep that practice going how
0: often how frequently do you do it
1: i'm at a point where i'm Uh, able to practice intuitively yeah so like after the rooftop camp out and all that cold exposure I wake up and I feel good but I don't feel like I need an ice bath. I feel like I'd be good just having a pajama party for a day or two.
0: Atta boy. You've earned it.
1: Yeah. So I just take it easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, so you know when you need it and when you feel it, you do it. Yeah.
1: For somebody just beginning, I'd say um, maybe stick to it like a workout regime, kind of build it like that. Follow numbers the best you can. But remember, like the grand goal is to be building an intuition. It's an intuitive practice more than it's a cold practice or a heat practice or anything. I'd yeah. say.
0: Yeah love it uh tony says uh, she started meditating at the beginning of the pandemic says it honestly helped calm her brain uh yeah i mean man so many people hey over the past few years have found different ways and some of them through trial and error others through necessity um you know to do what we need to do for our health and wellness i I didn't want to just bring you on here and talk about the the world records i mean those are astounding so cool man Mm. so cool to own world records uh, but also the the man behind the records, right? Yeah. I remember, I don't know what it was, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, you were featured in, in our hometown paper in the Edmonton Journal. And, and uh, you were like, do you remember this? The photographer got you from across the street with the long lens. you were wearing, I think, an Orlando Magic basketball yeah. jersey and yeah. shorts. And it was in the middle of a driving <laughs> snowstorm. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, the caption was just like, you know, man walks through snow. And I was like, that's the ice weasel. I was like, that's Wes. I knew exactly who that was, but but you've you've you sort of become the face of a movement and, and it's really, really neat
1: well, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful and appreciative of everything you just said. Well, yeah. Thanks for, up.
0: thanks for letting us pick your brain and, and opening up. And, and I guarantee that some people are going to hear this. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're tricking them, right? Cause we're, we're, we're spinning this as, as, as the talk about the world record it is, but yes, I think you're going to, you're probably going to wake up a few people with something that might change their lives. And I think that that's, uh, just a really unbelievable opportunity.
1: Yeah. That's the dream. That's the dream. Thanks Wes. You know, Ryan, could I say one thing quickly Please do. before we leave? Um, um, so you know with all the the uh happiness coming off that rooftop we were hit with a real tragedy coming down and mm. uh, our fellow firefighter chris kinsella um just unexpectedly passed on us and he has been a longtime supporter of our work with muscular dystrophy and a volunteer, he volunteered a shift and worked for me to be up for me to be up on the the rooftop while Oof. we were doing this fundraising so it, it's close to home um i think all of us firefighters right now are as shocked as much as heartbroken with this news right now young guy right yeah just just 42 and he leaves behind his wife and two kids and uh, he was just a lovely human being and and a great big smile on his face and um you know my thoughts our thoughts and prayers are all with his his uh direct family, his wife and two kids and um, we're still taking it in as, as it goes. So. Yeah mm.
0: I'm so sorry and, and on behalf of all of us here for for your loss and uh, and our deepest condolences to his family I know it was a, an unexpected event and, and kind of out of nowhere and, and in the worst kind of way in your line of work it's like you know you guys show up every single day and in the mindset that you never know what might happen and then sometimes life throws a curveball like this and it doesn't matter how many scenes you've attended to or how many years you have on the job. It, it, it can't make it any easier. No, it doesn't. No. Thanks for saying that. And thank you for being here. Thank you for And as we me. say, man, much love and mad respect. Right back at you. All right. right. That's Wes Bauman. Uh You guys are still taking donations, right? Yeah. If yeah. somebody's inspired by this, if, if you can see Wes on YouTube, he's, he's still wearing right now his Edmonton Firefighters for Muscular Dystrophy cap. Mm-hmm. Looking good. What a special charity. What a special relationship mm-hmm. uh, between those two groups of people. $80,000 and counting. Uh, the website is EdmontonRooftopCampOut.com. You've been listening to Ice Weasel Wesley. That's Wes Bauman right here on Real Talk. Hmm. This conversation is presented by our friends at Complete Care Restoration. This is, is, I say this, you know, the the only sponsor of ours that hopes that you never have to call them. Uh, But if you do find yourself in a a nightmare scenario, whether it is a a fire, uh, maybe flood, uh, you've got to get rid of mold or asbestos, maybe it's a construction or renovation project you're looking to undertake, do what we did. They give the team at Complete Care Restoration a call. Uh, They did an unbelievable job helping us build out this new studio, solving problems. We watched them do it in real time. The quality of their work is like nothing else I've ever seen. Their team, a dream to deal with, which is exactly what you want. If you find yourself in a circumstance that's less than ideal, you have a choice. Who your insurance company hires to do the work when you find yourself needing restoration services, we recommend that you choose the team at Complete Care Restoration. You can find them online at CompleteCareRestoration.ca. If you're feeling like 2023 is a a perfect year for maybe reinventing yourself, maybe you're ready for a a new challenge in in the job market, or maybe you just want to learn more about something that you're finding fascinating, compelling, maybe, I don't know, artificial intelligence, or maybe you see a career in human resources, or, or maybe you'd love to get into a certain research application in the sciences. You know where i'm going to point you right Athabasca University it's Canada's online university just a few clicks away from your next big milestone at AthabascaU.ca you can learn more about the programs and courses the admissions process If you have any questions, you know, maybe you're going to go away for three or four months, or maybe you need to take some time off to help your parents, help your kids, help yourself, whatever it is, Athabasca University, the most perfect fit in the country, because this is designed to be flexible and to work with your schedule at athabascau.ca. Hey, it's still not too late. You've still got time to order your Valentine's Day charcuterie boxes from our friends at Friesen Brothers. It's coming up tomorrow. Can you believe it? 16 locations across the province of Alberta. Friesen Brothers is nailing down Valentine's Day to make you look good. That's right. Sweet and savory charcuterie boxes. You order them ahead of time. You can go into store and pick them up. And don't forget, February's Heart Month. Friesen Brothers is proud to support the Mazenkowski Alberta Heart Institute. You can learn more about their commitment at Friesen.com. That's F R E S O N.com. And a quick money saving shout out for you before we find out how Johnny just about won a hundred grand over the weekend. (laughs) When's the last time you... I can't wait to hear your story, pal. Unbelievable parlay. When's the last time that you actually looked into how much money you're paying for your utilities? If you're like me, for a long time, you probably just open up the envelopes or direct bills out of your account and you're looking. And the number's been rising for the past number of years, right? Why not take two minutes today at parkpower.ca to see if you could save yourself some money? I virtually guarantee you could. Electricity, natural gas, and internet compare rates online, and then when you bring your business over, bundle the services with the promo code REALTALK23, you could save $150, 150 bucks with that promo code off your first bill from Park Power. All right, so how does the story go here, Johnny? <laughs> you were just about... I was nervous you were going to win this thing and quit your job. Oh, because man. Because you... You just very narrowly missed a big payday. I
2: did. It wasn't a hundred grand. It was more like twenty grand, okay, but still. Okay, yeah, yeah, still. So I did a parlay with uh, you know, Chiefs to win. Chiefs to win the coin toss. Nice one, nice the one. Coin toss to be tails. I did uh Oilers to lose, womp womp, to the Canadians. <laughs> I did McDavid not to score. Got see. I bet on the Sharks to win, which they did. I bet on Eric Carlson to score, He, which he did. did. I bet on the Vegas Golden Knights to win, and I bet on Jack Eichel to score. He, Which he did. did.
0: These are all part of one These bat? These are all part of
2: one big parlay. bet like
0: $1. I bet $1.
2: I bet on uh, a curling event uh, when I forget the winner, Josh someone in the Alberta-Boston <laughs> Pizza Tournament. He won.
0: I how bet, did you know how to bet on curling? Or no, just... maybe
2: it was the Scotties. Anyways, so I'm hitting all these bets. All these bets are hitting before the Super Bowl. So the, obviously the three main parlays haven't hit yet. And all I need is this win by the Detroit Pistons over the Toronto Raptors. And the Raptors always have a hard time with the Detroit Pistons. Okay. So I'm thinking, this one's a lock. Just got to wait for the Super Bowl bets. The payout is is almost $20,000.
0: On a dollar bet. On a dollar
2: bet and the Detroit Pistons lost the game by one point. Oh. 118 to 119. <laughs> With like seconds to go. So one more foul, a couple more free throws, one jumper to hit a 3 or the Raptors scoring less two points or even one point and they go to overtime and the Pistons win. And were w- you
0: already spending the 20 grand in your head? Like were you already picking and choosing where that 20k was going to be sprinkled around? Well, you don't
2: want to get into that, especially with betting because parlay's are incredibly hard, especially when you have 10, 11, a dozen different right. that I have to hit. Getting four on a parlay is crazy. But as they're hitting, you know, I'm I'm telling my wife, I'm like, and I'm trying not to get her excited either. I'm like, this could pay out almost $20,000. Yeah. And so the Detroit Pistons lose. And I had other parlays as well where there were six or seven or eight, but they all relied on this one basketball game. Oh. So unfortunately I lost, but I did only spend... $25 Twenty-five dollars on p- different parlays. Total, all a dollar, all a dollar here. The one thing I spent five bucks on, which was my biggest bet, was the Super Bowl Gatorade shower for yeah. the winning team. Yeah. to be purple.
0: And you won it,
2: and it hit, and I won one hundred and thirty bucks. So basically, I won a. I'm <laughs> I'm in I'm in the the plus one hundred and five. But we just we sulked down. We ordered some pizza, oh. and we just thought of what could have been because you do you start
0: thinking like. I could pay off that credit card. Of course. I could pay off the car. We're going to Bermuda. Yeah, like pay cash. Yeah, Jason on the live chat says it wasn't meant to be. Um, I don't know if that makes you feel any better, but it wasn't meant to be. I was excited. I reached out to you because I had remembered you talking. You did a you did a great feature on the hedge uh, mm-hmm. on Andrew Walker's show on Friday, where you had t- you had a bunch of halftime bets, and mm-hmm. I thought they were great. Um, you you can you can have fun with this uh, in so many different ways. And you had bet on Rihanna to wear red, right? Boom. You had bet that it was she was going to have uh, her hair color was going to be black. It hit. Uh, it hit. And so I was I was texting you because I'm like Johnny, you're hitting on everything on the house. Half- halftime show yeah um, with regards and I know Charles I was going to join us in a second I know Chuck watched the game he was tweeting about Chris Stapleton's national anthem which like you're seeing like You got these big, you know, football players and coaches and they got like tears in their eyes, tears streaming. I was getting chills. I'm not even American. It was very I leaned over to my buddy. I'm like, I want to sign up for the American Armed Forces just (laughs) because of this national anthem.
2: (laughs) Uncle Sam's. Uncle
0: Sam's tapping me on the shoulder. I mean, that was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, the game itself, what a game. I know people don't love the call at the end, you know, Mm -hmm. the way that it wound up, but but what did you make? Everybody focuses on the halftime show. I was having a lot of fun hosting it at the cabin. That's when most people were paying attention yesterday, was the halftime show rihanna Mm -hmm. of course uh, you know what what did you make of it what's your assessment of the half is it is it one of the greats was it mediocre
2: well if you want to go to rolling stone right now literally a writer put out the 25 best super bowl halftime shows like three hours after this happened he ranked hers at number eight number eight now we have to think about like the new age of the super bowl halftime show it wasn't until like 1991 that the nfl figured out hey we can sell this thing. We can make it incredible. We can make a, it a worldwide event. Yeah. Um, but the last 15 years especially have been incredible. If you go back like 2006 when the Rolling Stones did, first did it. Wild. Uh, to now, everyone, it's all iconic. It's a weekend. career-defining moment for every artist who does it. And, uh, you know, the worst part was, you know, she's obviously pregnant. She hasn't toured in six years. And there were some moments where she was out of breath and she was using the backing track. But what a lot of people don't know is how big of a production the Super Bowl halftime show is. You have to get an entire live setup, stage, microphones, everything out in six to eight minutes. This thing, have you ever heard a mic drop out on the halftime show in the last 15 years? No. Have you ever heard an instrument not be played in the back? Have you ever seen someone fall? Like the amount of work... And audio engineering video production that goes into this is incredible. So, when people say, you know, she was uh, lip syncing, I hate to tell it to you. Everybody is. Everybody is using some form of pre recorded prints, for example, highly regarded as the number one halftime show. On a lot of lists.
0: When it was raining during purple rain.
2: You cannot do a show in the pouring rain. Everything was pre-recorded from the band to the keyboard to the drums to the backing vocals, except for his mic and his guitar went live when he soloed. Okay. Okay. So what they use, they use they they're using autotune. They're using software that combines what they do is they'll record a rehearsal earlier in the week and they'll take one of the best rehearsal recordings, they'll play that. In conjunction with the live okay and a software will basically when the singer's singing more it'll dip down the backing vocals that's what it's when they're singing less or take a breath it'll bring that recorded version back up and what you're hearing on the live broadcast is nowhere near what you're hearing in the stadium that live broadcast is is a production it's 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 a project that they make sure is perfect
0: every time so But the stadium would actually sound like a stadium show. Sure. Yeah. But
2: for instance, people, I saw a tweet last night. Someone said Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston would be rolling over in their graves if they saw this auto-tuned, pre-recorded version of a halftime show. And you know what I tweeted back? Uh, Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston and both lip-synced. That incredible anthem by Whitney Houston was pre-recorded in a studio the night before. Come on. She was live in the stadium. Oh, don't wreck it for me. What you heard on the TV, what you see on YouTube that has millions of views. Arguably
0: the greatest anthem performance of all time. Is a pre-recorded performance. Oh,
2: interesting. But what are you going to do? You cannot ha- have eight minutes to set up a stage if one thing goes wrong,
0: Ryan. Someone forgets to plug in an XLR cable, and then all of a sudden the singer doesn't have vocals. And yeah, we're, yeah. we're
2: using live mics right now. Yeah. I just put my hand over the mic to prove it. You've never heard that in a Super Bowl performance. Right. Madonna when she did her performance LMFAO came out uh Nicki Minaj, they're handing the mic back and forth to each other. You yeah, would hear
0: yeah. I'm sorry I'm doing this on the podcast, but
2: you would <laughs> you would hear muffling. They avoid all of that.
0: Were you surprised that Rihanna didn't bring anybody out? I know everybody thought she was going to bring Jay-Z out. 100%.
2: People- I I I had bet that Jay-Z he was there. I thought it was going to happen. But you know what? It's another thing where I heard she was changing up her live set in the days leading up. So maybe it was just the thing where like bringing him in. Another thing I'll say is the grass was a big thing this year. So the players have opted. They want real grass at as many or as all football games as they can now. Of course. It's it's easier on their body. Way easier. It's easier for cleats to dig into. This grass costs $800,000. What? They made it two years ago and they've been wheeling it in and out of the stadium into the sun during the day back in and getting watered at night for two years. What? Uh, And I know people were saying, oh, it looks horrible. It's because it's real grass. It wasn't fake. It was real grass painted like the night before. So uh, with the dancers, and normally they'll have like live, uh, like, you know, there'll be an audience that runs on the field with Coldplay, with the Rolling Stones. They didn't allow any of that this year. They wanted to keep the grass. And you'll see the dancers didn't even come on the grass until about three minutes. Yeah till the performance wow, was over. So there were a amazing. lot of things. It's why she was elevated. Um, but I'm telling you, Rihanna has a catalog that is unmatched Shh. by a lot of artists. Yeah. So even though it's not your cup of tea, and this is the last thing I'll say, we'll get to Charles. He's looking, he's nodding. He wants to get in. <laughs> I on can't it.
0: wait to hear Chuck steak on it.
2: But listen, the bottom line is music is subjective. You can say this was the best ever. This was the best ever. I can say this was the best dinner I've ever had. Maybe someone doesn't like Brussels sprouts. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? Music yeah. in the end is subjective. Just enjoy it because the Super Bowl halftime show is one of the most, the people working on this, the audio engineers, they have 15 minute window it's to make the best incredible show of your life.
0: Yeah. And, and we lot- haven't even mentioned like babyface singing and like everything else that went into it. It was remarkable. The all women pilot flyover, Incredible. which was super cool. 80s Fanify makes a very good point in the live chat, it says, uh, she's pregnant, you guys. That's the special guest. Which is a very good point 100% Hey how about everyone Getting all pissed off People calling it body shaming Because people the buzz right away During the halftime show People are like Is she pregnant? Is she pregnant? My
2: wife said it As soon as she came out And I'm like I'm going to wait And yeah, then the story like, Don't
0: tweet it The story
2: came out right after And
0: then she of course Posted a beautiful photo Ooh. Showing you know And so she's got like a, She has like an 8 or 10 month old baby Or something like that mm-hmm. Or like a year old Like mm-hmm. she is into one What an absolute force of nature Rihanna is uh, Tara Lynn says I totally enjoyed the halftime show Oddly polarizing uh, Yeah The production is massive. The choreography was crazy that many people write in, in in sync like rehearsals would have been grueling. Imagine her doing that pregnant and with a toddler. Uh, Mark says he's afraid of heights. That platform she was on <laughs> gave him the heebie-jeebies. Mark, I was thinking the exact same thing. 100%. That was super cool. Suspended from I'm sure there was like some sort of safety thing in place, but it didn't look like it. But you can tell
2: the whole thing was about being elevated, being off the grass, keeping the grass. because the players, they really want to avoid injuries now. They really want to keep their bodies in tip-top shape, so they want to play on the grass. And the last thing I'll say is the NFL also forces, mandates that every person, including the anthem singer, the Lift Your Voices singer, the America the Beautiful, they have to have a pre-recording in place, even if they want to go live, that plays underneath as a safety because you know what happened? Garth Brooks went to sing the anthem one year, And he went into a deadlock with NBC because he wanted them to play his music video during the game. And they said they weren't going to do it. And he said he wouldn't go out and sing. And they realized, oh my God, this could happen with any number of artists. So ever since that year, every live performance has a pre-recorded rehearsal version done a day or two before. So it sounds live in place for emergencies. So I, I just saw all this heat online and I was like, maybe people just don't know how Incredible, this live production is and how seamless it goes on. I just every learned year. about
0: 10 things from you in about yeah. five minutes. Yeah. Um, Alyssa's not wrong, too. She says, Alyssa says, I have more issue with the Chiefs still being called the Chiefs and the fans still doing the, the, tomahawk- the chop oh. than anything Rihanna did. Oh. I couldn't believe they're still doing the tomahawk chop. Like, that's 2023. Like, I mean, right, I, th-
2: right after you have all these these African-Americans come out and sing that song and then they go into the tomahawk chop. I was just, it was a little jarring.
0: Yeah, a little bit weird. Uh, Charles Adler joins us every Monday uh, and and some Monday. I mean, it's always fun. What are these, are those blue blockers? What are these
3: glasses that
0: you're wearing right now? Those are amazing.
3: So the thing is that a star is born on this show uh, today. I'm talking about Johnny himself, okay? Johnny's clearly a star and that is giving me glare. Uh, What to do. What to do with all this, Johnny? You you blow me away. I don't I don't I don't belong here. Uh, there you go. Unless I've got the glasses. <laughs> hey, what did you make of, What
0: was your highlight? I saw that you tweeted about uh, Chris Stapleton. The national anthem was like knocked my socks off. The guy's well, like so under to be that understated yeah. and that powerful at the same time is like there's a very short list of performers. Okay.
3: I have always thought of uh, Marvin Gaye and Whitney Houston. Marvin Gaye, forty years ago today. NBA All-Star Game, Star Spangled Banner. Uh, And uh, for many years, Marvin Gaye was, to to me, that was the best rendition ever of the U.S. National Anthem. And then along comes uh, Whitney Houston. And then I thought, well, Whitney's beaten beaten Marvin. St. Marvin has lost now to uh, to Whitney Houston. I never thought anybody would sort of be on the same level of of Whitney Houston, despite uh, Johnny's telling us that what we heard or may have heard uh, wasn't necessarily live. It was Whitney, you know, studio recorded. And I, I, I get. It. I don't want to. I don't want to pretend. You know, I was, I was born at night, but not last night. Been in the business for what feels like a thousand years. So I don't want to pretend that I don't know all this stuff. Although I, I tend to, to believe that you know we should have a certain amount of theater of the mind and leave you know let people's imaginations run wild but it was very very interesting listening to to johnny's uh, litany of uh just how meticulous and sophisticated the, the the business of audio is and johnny of course is an audio expert so i may not be an expert at a lot of things but i'm an expert at knowing how much i sob uh, for the anthem of another country because yeah. of the performance in this case i'm talking about whitney houston i never thought i would i would have that same reaction again to anyone, and I did last night. Listening to Chris Stapleton. Um, if, if if anybody missed it, uh, it's easy to access on YouTube. Uh, I don't think in, anybody in, missed it. You can find it on my Twitter feed. Uh, you can you can find it in a thousand places. But uh, if if Chris Stapleton's rendition of the Star Spangled Banner doesn't make your heart sing, uh, your head is stuck somewhere. <laughs> close to your back door. (laughs) In my humble opinion.
0: You have you have the most eloquent way of telling someone they've got their head up their ass (laughs) that I've that I've ever heard (laughs) in my life.
3: Anybody can say you got your head up your ass, you know, I'm not paid to do it differently. (laughs)
0: Hey, there was a lot that happened over the weekend. And of course, I love our chance to check in on money because I love to pick your brain on what you make of all this yeah. stuff. The, yeah. Spy balloons, uh, the 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 Halloween, the hottest Halloween costume coming up this year is definitely going to be spy UFO spy balloons. <laughs> people are going to have a hard time getting through the door of their big white spy balloons. But yeah. of course, NORAD's now shooting them down. And, and people are talking now about Canada should have invested in the fighter jets when we needed them because now we need the Americans to help us yeah. out with NORAD. Shoot down these. Spy- what do you make of the spy spy balloon story. I mean, maybe we shouldn't be laughing, but uh, they're spying on us all anyway, all the time anyway, right? Well,
3: well you know, the uh, the, the, the conservative uh, trolls uh, for the last couple of years, you know, I'm uh, Trudeau's pet, I'm uh, Trudeau's uh, uh, gopher, I'm Trudeau's uh, courier, I'm Trudeau's shill, I'm Trudeau's sure. romance guy and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so they, they get a little confused when, you know, I see Trudeau doing something that I'm not impressed with and I'm not, as you know, I'm not, I'm not shy. And uh, so I see Trudeau's tweet, and I realize he doesn't write them, but you know, it's his name is on them, and it's, it's his team, and all that. And so when when I see Trudeau's tweet over the weekend about how he ordered, <laughs> I ordered the downing of it. and I thought to myself, I guess I guess technically, obviously, it's NORAD, and the the, the Americans want to shoot the plane down because I in the North American sky. It's all. Yes, we have sovereignty. I don't want to bog down in all the legalistics, but uh, North American airspace, uh, the U.S. very much considers um, their airspace because obviously any object that's coming through Canada eventually, just like the weather, you know, it ends up in the States. That that just doesn't need any explanation. But the idea that Trudeau ordered it, yes, I'm sure Trudeau signed off on it, uh, but it it, it sounded like Trudeau was trying to pretend that he was... Uh, you know, the, the king of Muscle Beach. And uh, it just, it, 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 it looked weird to me. Did, did did you see the tweet? Did you have it? Because uh, people did. On, on Twitter, of course, especially the fans of Trudeau, were all over me saying, I, Charles, don't you understand what NORAD is? Don't you understand what sovereignty is? Don't you understand this? And why are you attacking, why are you attacking... Uh, you know, Justin Trudeau, why are you undermining him? And of course, why are you being a a conservative shill? So what was your take on the tweet?
0: Well, I mean, yeah. so here's the tweet itself. Uh, says the Prime Minister from his official account, uh, I ordered the takedown of an unidentified object that violated Canadian airspace. NORAD command shot down the object over Yukon. By the way, he says the Yukon. That was just being a bit of a nerd there. I was like, uh uh-oh. But anyway, uh, Canadian and American aircraft were scrambled, which is always my favorite word to use. Scramble the aircraft! uh, And and an American F-20 successfully fired at the object. He says, I spoke with President Biden this afternoon. Canadian forces will now recover and analyze the wreckage of the object. Thank you to NORAD for keeping watch over North America. And then Anton Sakharov had the best reply of anyone uh, who wondered, how did this object enter Canada's airspace without a vaccine? Which I thought was a, <laughs> no. which I thought was a pretty good reply. But, well, what is it <laughs> oh, now? Now the, the Minister of Defense, uh, Canada's uh, cabinet, at, at least to this point, Liberal cabinet says it's too soon yeah. to know whether or not this balloon came from China. But m- yeah. it sounds like this is maybe the sort of the new uh, operating practice here when it comes to
3: spying on North well, America. Yeah, sure. Of course, course it came from China. There's no need to bog down. But did did you feel, I mean, I I don't feel I take a backseat to anybody in my love for this country. I just, you know, the the idea of the the, 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 I or Trudeau, I or the... I mean, does, is that not out of sync? Is that not out of character? Did, did that, I mean, it, it rattled my bones a little bit. Uh, well, I just find he had, on, he had an, an opportunity to, to
0: be as a Canadian prime minister. You don't get to talk like an American president very often. And when you do get a chance <laughs> to do it, I mean,
3: you want to <laughs> All do right. it well. All right. It just it, it didn't sound like him and it didn't sound like a Canadian Prime Minister, I mean, if he, if he simply said, you know, it entered our airspace, I had a discussion with uh, the president of the United States, and we decided to take it down. That 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 to me would be the you know balanced realistic Canadian approach Maybe sure, I'm yeah being, well you're, you're asking for cla-
0: you're, you're asking for classic Canadian humility and understatedness yeah. and I just don't know yeah I, but I you know I mean I feel like right now and I don't actually believe the words that are about to come out of my mouth but I do kind okay. of feel like we're getting spied on so much now anyways uh-huh. uh, everybody's you know you're like you know even, even if I were to talk right now about buying a new toaster oven we'll do this as an experiment I'm talking in front of my <laughs> phone about buying a new toaster oven I guarantee you that by the middle of the afternoon that all my Facebook ads and everything else on Instagram is gonna be you know ads for new toaster ovens and so we're being spied on already everybody on tiktok yeah. knows that tiktok has its you know everybody's yeah. concerned about what that the implications are there with yeah. chinese spying technology are, are the balloons giving you the heebie-jeebies i mean do, no. do you think shooting them no. down is the right no move? simply because
3: because of what you've just talked about i mean uh google is spying on me and uh, microsoft and everybody else and it, it's true i mean i uh the other day i was uh looking for uh, well these these glasses and the reason i was looking for these uh these glasses, okay. was, it was for your bit on the, Real of, Talk. Yeah. Of, of the nighttime, you know. It wasn't just because Johnny Infamous is is on with me on Mondays and, and embarrassing. <laughs> Star born naked. on Monday uh, There's morning. no way that I could ever be the kind of walking encyclopedia <laughs> that that Johnny is. I, I defer to Johnny. I've got Johnny Envy. So that's one reason for the glasses, obviously. you got Johnny Fever. But the other reason is just simply nighttime driving. I just want to get the glare out of my life. So I went on Google to look for, you know, nighttime glasses, you know. And that now, several days later, I'm still getting all kinds of ads, uh, you know, informing me about the different kinds of lenses for different. And you know, and I, I'm just saying, enough already, you know. Stop, as you say, stop spying, stop spying on me. So, are, are the Chinese also spying on me? I guess, uh, you know, pick a number, uh, you know. Wel- welcome to the club. No, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't see it as a threat. If I saw all this kind of stuff. As a threat, I would be one of those uh, paranoid tweeters believing in conspiracies. I probably would be, uh, you know, an anti-vaxxer and all the rest of it. I, I just think that much of that stuff comes from isolation and paranoia. And, uh, you know, one feeds the other. And uh, no, I, I, I'm i not interested in being paranoid of China.
0: Yeah. Tracy says, let's be honest with ourselves. We're grateful, all of us, that the U.S. spends a boatload on its military. This is the video I wanted to play. This is uh, a video posted by Alberta's premier. She's been, uh, uh, I mean, she's been piled on for it. Uh, this Daniel Smith video, you want to tee this up?
2: As I walk the streets of our nation's capital, I can't help but be reminded of the history of this place, including how Canada was founded. Many years ago, the Indigenous people of this land and those that came from across the world united to tame an unforgiving frontier, ensuring prosperity for countless future generations. It was their duty to support one another as neighbours and to build this country together, developing democratic institutions that would yield good and stable governance. I think it's important to remind ourselves where we came from. Because it might help shape where we're going.
0: It's it's being panned by critics as essentially a whitewashed version yeah. of Alberta's history. I'm hoping to speak with her on the show this week, if not this week soon. Uh, but your take on it?
3: My take will never be as effective as uh, Brandy Moran. She was on on the, on the show one time. That's how I, I yeah. met her. Uh, just watching her and I, I followed her, and I remember thinking, how am I going to follow her? You know, she's she's terrific. So I would advise people to to get on Twitter and look for Brandy and Moran's tweet. That too has been. Is on my is on my Twitter feed if you're if you're looking for it, but look, I mean, there's no way that I believe that uh, Danielle Smith believes her version of history. I think that uh, Danielle Smith is uh, involved in, let's call it what it is, you know, blind ambition. Uh, she knows what her base and maybe some people beyond the base want to hear about the origins of Canada and how harmonious the relations were. Between the government of Canada, the people who lived in Canada, and the Indigenous people, but I mean, you don't have to be Indigenous to look at that and say, "Oh my God, that is deep propaganda. That is uh, manipulation." Uh, you know, it's, it's. And I don't, I don't care which horrible event you're talking about uh, uh, in 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 this uh, history of ours. Um, the only thing worse. Than the historic event itself, when we're talking about oppression, when we're talking about atrocities, when we're talking about whether you want to call it a cultural genocide or any other kind of genocide, when, when, you, when you want to talk about this kind of horrific series of events that are basically, in, in my opinion, uh, the original sin of Canada, which is uh, our treatment of, of Indigenous nations, uh, the only thing worse than what happened is denying it, uh, whitewashing it. Uh, revising it, lying about it, being in denial. So this was denialism coming from the premier of a Canadian province. And I don't want to waste any time at all on how I have personally felt about her over the years and all the rest of it, because I've I've said that a thousand times. Uh, That's completely irrelevant. a, A Canadian premier should not be talking like this. And that's not about me being... Politically correct or W O K E. That's about me being an honest Canadian. We cannot honestly deal with our most important issues if we are in denial about them, if we are not telling the truth. And the sickening irony here is that all of this was framed by her under the umbrella of sowing unity, getting away from division. While talking about getting away from division, She was being extremely divisive, once again, not just between her and Indigenous peoples, but for all those people who are outraged by this, who are sickened by this, who she perceives as her political opponents. Therefore, her people, her base will stand up to the other base, the NDP base, and the academic base, and the podcasting base, and all the rest of them. And she is the defender of whatever it is, whatever mythology Uh, they wish to uh, to salute how much will this affect her at the ballot box probably zero not at all i agree not at all this will not be a ballot issue i'm afraid to say but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be talking about it because we call the show real talk yeah not whitewash talk
0: yeah no kidding i mean yeah it's just it you know i mean posted from ottawa i you know i i I guess what I would say is I question the wisdom of posting it. Uh, I hope to ask her about it in days to come when she'll join us here on the show, and uh, and look forward to talking to you next Monday, Chuck. It's always great to see your face, my man, through uh, you know those glasses or just the, the clear, beautiful eyes. We'll talk to you again in a week.
3: Pal. I want I want to thank I want to thank you, and I want to thank uh, Johnny Infamous for the incredible welcome, the incredible production. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a true honor. This guy's a uh, rock to, star. It, endure all the glare that i have to endure being around you superstars hey i was
0: i was uh i was talking to my buddy jimmy uh last night at the cabin you know i was hosting their big super bowl party there and uh and somebody was in the bar wearing sunglasses and 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 jimmy leans over to me and he says if you're wearing sunglasses in a bar you better be picking up tabs (laughs) (laughs) all right Chuck we'll see you in a week buddy look at that I love you I love that hey how how, where does that stack up on career accolades Charles Adler putting on shades right you know you're such a star yeah there you go and
2: that's so funny that we were just talking about how You know, the Super Bowl has this policy in place where they have an emergency backup and then we have technical issues. It's just
0: boom. It just shows you. Exactly. But we don't get rattled. We don't care. This audience knows what's up. It's just the way that it goes. That conversation was presented by our friends at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. Don't go anywhere. Uh, The greatest streaker of all time coming up in positive reflections in just a second. The Triple Truffle Blizzard Cake is going to knock the socks off your Valentine, guaranteed. And you've still got time to pick one up at the Dairy Queens in Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, and Baseline Road. She doesn't want heart-shaped jewelry. She wants a heart-shaped DQ ice cream cake, and the fellas love them too. Plus the Blizzard of the Month, the Triple Truffle. Peanut butter fudge, caramel truffles blended with chocolate, and that DQ, that world-famous vanilla soft serve. And don't forget the honey barbecue chicken strip basket while you're at it. The Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. You let them know that Real Talk sent you. How about this for a Valentine's Day gift? You honestly want to want to absolutely blow someone's mind? What about? gifting them a consultation with eden landscaping how about getting serious how about getting the ball rolling on reinventing your outdoor space the space where you welcome family and friends the space where the kids play the space where you go out after a tough week at work and fire up that beautiful natural gas fireplace or maybe the real wood burning one maybe you pop a pizza into your new outdoor pizza oven whatever your vision is I'm thinking maybe a trickling koi pond, Johnny. Hey, whatever you Mm. can dream up, Mike can make it happen. A custom landscape builder with more than 20 years of on-the-ground experience in Edmonton and area. Check out their portfolio online today. You can reach out to them, contact them at landscapeedmonton.ca. Serenity now. Serenity now. I can hear the koi pond trickling through the water feature as we speak. Maybe all of it automated by Apex Automation? Is that too much of a stretch? Am I trying too hard here? I mean, they automate virtually everything. It's why uh, engineers, professional engineers across the country are dropping everything to apply to come over and join the team at Apex. Check out their new website, apexautomation.ca. The very first thing that'll pop up, uh, notice that they're hiring. Their team is always growing. They're opening up field offices across Canada and the United States. They want to be closer to their clients, and they want their team members to be closer to their families. You can check out what they're doing, the different industries where automation is really making a difference, including autonomous vehicles and machinery. Bright future there, obviously. If you want to be on the leading edge with a company that understands the value of your contribution, your expertise, and your time... Check out today, apexautomation.ca. What a weekend for the the state of Arizona. Obviously hosting the Super Bowl. Incredible. And then the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Yeah. Which has got to (laughs) be... I mean I don't even know what to say about the You're waste management about the streaker, Phoenix. Right? Well well I mean we'll get to the streaker in just a second but like if I don't know if you follow Zyre Golf on Instagram but check this out this is like a beer cup snake mm-hmm. you know like the empty you know the empty solo cups so they're basically Building a snake through the stands. I'm pretty sure this is on hole 16. Hole 16 is where the eyes of the world were this weekend. If you want to be anywhere at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, you want to be at hole 16. Uh, I've never seen a beer cup snake like this. What is that, Johnny? That's up like 12 rows through the stands. That's tell gotta you what be. What this is? I don't know. That's like 500 beer cups. Like this, unbelievable. This look, is teamwork. Look at everybody throwing <laughs> their empty cups at them to try to get them added to the beer snake. So, and this isn't even the best part. Like, this is like kind of the who cares. Oh, yeah, I should remind you that every sun, uh, every Monday, rather, we we'll take a look at, uh, at what happened over the weekend. We take a look at, at, at new developments, at humans being good to one another, people making us laugh. And we start off our week on the right foot. It's, it's positive reflections presented by our team at Kubi Energy. And I did give them a heads up. I did let them know that we're going to be celebrating the greatest streaker of all time <laughs> uh, in this week's edition of Positive Reflections. And I didn't hear back from head office at Kuby. They seem to be fine with it. Okay. I think they're okay with it. So so let's recognize here. This is Max Savage, everybody. Uh, Max Savage made it from hole 16 streaking. We're going to the moon tower. He made it from 16. These, these, these beautiful Speedos that he's got on and some body paint, too. Uh, All the way down to the pond on 17. You want to talk about how golf is changing culturally? How the PGA is going to maybe keep up with the live tour owned by the Saudis? Nudity. It's streakers. That's how they're (laughs) going to do it. Now, of course, you can't pull this off like at Augusta. No. There would be no appetite for this at Augusta or Pebble Beach or or anywhere else. I I don't think the British Open is going to see this. I mean, not a lot of water there anyway, but you get my point. So Max Savage uh, absolutely raising the bar on streaking at golf tournaments uh, uh, to, to, to the joy and delight of the thousands that were there in person and then, of course, the millions that were watching Around the world with the belly flop into the pond on 17. Now, Johnny, I want to take you even further back and desire golf. They've got all this. He managed to He wasn't done there. He made it onto the actual waste management sign on hole 17. How's this for getting bang for your advertising buck? If
2: well, you're watching on YouTube, look at those security guys just chilling. Like what are
0: they? They're <laughs> no not urgency. going to <laughs> swim. They're not going to go in there and get them. And so Max Savage making a name for himself to say the very least. And with one of the most iconic mug shots of all time, uh, he says on his own uh, Instagram account, this is what it looks like when you spend the night in jail. And you, you can follow him on Twitter at Max Savage 69, of course. Max Savage 69, of course. Uh, but his but his mug shot, as you can see here, um, they're now selling T-shirts the mugshot of the waste management streakers names Max Savage. T shirts, he says, to pay for his bail and legal fees.
2: And a haircut.
0: And maybe a haircut. <laughs> Although, without that hair, would he have got the attention he did running down the fairway on 17? I don't know. Hey, I'm not saying that you should be streaking at athletic <laughs> events. I'm not saying you shouldn't. All I'm saying <laughs> is it made me laugh, and I could not wait to present it today, and I'm going to declare it the greatest streaker of all time. Okay. Max Savage is the goat until somebody takes the title away. (laughs) And if you would like to get a free solar quote today, you can do it right now. There's got to be like a moon reference somewhere. Huh? At kubienergy.ca. Hey, coming up on tomorrow, it's going to be an episode of Real Talk you're not going to want to miss. Country star Brett Kissel, did he intend to write a Freedom Convoy anthem Because that's kind of how his new song, Lion in the Sand, is being perceived. He's going to join me here in studio. And I'm going to ask him, what's up with the timing of that release? And does it hurt him that Jamie Soleil is retweeting it? Brett Kissel in this seat beside me coming up on Tuesday's Real Talk. Tell your friends, thanks for liking, sharing, subscribing. We'll see you soon. Real Talk
2: is hosted by Ryan Jesperson. Executive Producer, Josh Dunford. Technical Producer, John Hicks. General Manager, Katie cook Chivers, Account Coordinator, Lawrence Durlego. Human Resources, Lena Shepard. Website Design, Mike Johnston. VoiceOver by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandy Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harman Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson.